This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. I want to open with a scripture, a very familiar scripture, Psalm 62, verse 8. Say it with me. Read it wherever you're at. Will you say it aloud? Trust in God. Trust in the Lord at all times, my people. Tell him all your what? Your troubles, for he is our refuge. One of the main things that I really believe is that when we learn how to trust in the Lord, when we learn how to tune in and and learn how to lean into God and trust the Lord, we will find that God is our refuge. One of the most difficult things this year has been for many hearing God. For for many, it's been learning how to trust God. How do you know what God really wants? Well, why would you say that, Pastor? Well, it's because we've had a year where there's been so many voices, so many things that have been said, and so many things that that we're listening to, be it in the news, be it politicians, be it religious leaders. I mean, for many of us, we started listening to more sermons than maybe we've ever heard in a week. I mean, some are or listening three, four, five. I mean, just give me a wave. If you listen to more than three sermons a week, just wave at me, right? I mean, it's been a year where there's just been so much that's been coming at us. And, it, and, it, and it's been a time where if we're not careful, we don't hear the shepherd's voice the way we once maybe heard his voice. Too many voices, even great voices, many times will make us apathetic. We'll get complacent. When we're hearing too many voices, it gets even harder to hear from God. And boy, more than ever, we are sitting in a time where we've become spectators when it comes to following the Lord. We're hearing good sermons. We're hearing a lot of great things. We're following devotions every single day or whatever it may be. And and all of a sudden, everything becomes a blur and we can't quite hear the voice of the Lord. Well, what I know that I know that I know, and I want to challenge you and I on as we're coming out of 2020 and we're looking in the 2021 is that we've got to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. We've got to learn how to attune our ears to him if we're going to do greater things and see greater things in our life. Can I just hear an amen uh, in the house? Let me share another scripture with you, Ephesians chapter two, and then I'm going to share with you a few things themes or thoughts that came out of the themes of this year. Ephesians chapter, I said two, but chapter three and verse 17. Paul is writing and Paul says, and I pray that Christ will be more and more, underline it, circle it, more and more at home in your hearts. He's saying that I'm praying that Christ will dwell. He will rule. He will reign. He will take residence in your hearts more and more as you trust in him. 
May your roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. That's his agape love here. The agape love, may the roots of your soul go deep, your faith go deep into that soil, and may you have the power to understand. Man, my prayer is God help me to be discerning. Let me have that discernment to understand as all God's people should, how wide, say it with me, how long, how high, and how deep is his love and his love really is for you and I. You see, I've got, you've got, we've got to hear his voice. We must learn. It's required for us to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. I think about Noah in the Old Testament. I mean, the scripture says Noah did everything that God commanded him. Now, may that be said of you and I, that we did everything that the Lord has commanded. I mean, Noah listened to God. Noah heard the warning of God. Noah believed and he acted on it. And we see the the long faith that Noah had, that he just kept believing and he kept working, he kept moving forward because he had faith and obedience that drove him to do what God had asked him to do. Can I just get an amen? Lord, let it be in my life as well that I can have that kind of faith. Well, going beyond, in 2020, we've had a year, man, we've had a a year. 30 hurricanes this year have blown through the United States and around around the world, wildfires and floods. I mean, we've had heat waves. When you go through this, all of the social uh, storms, uh, political storms that we've gone through. We've had COVID-19, a world uh, pandemic, all of that. How do you keep trusting the Lord? Well, it's going to require you and I to have a trust in God. It requires a trust if we're going to go beyond. And first of all, what this year has meant for me is that I've got to learn to trust God in the difficult times. When things are difficult, when things are, 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 are pushing me to a point that even fear is gripping my heart and, and I'm in a moment of, of saying, God, what are you doing? I pray that my trust in God is so strong that I will trust him through those difficult times. Just give me an agreement in the house, right? The number one problem that many are facing, especially believers, is fear. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of the future. It's fear of what's going to take place. It's fear of of being without a job. It's fear of losing a loved one. It's fear of of just so many different areas in our life that hit us, fear of the, the virus. Do you remember back in March when we first started hearing about the coronavirus? I mean, the fear of I can't even touch something and and I I've got I've to I've be careful in every way. And I'm not saying that we don't be careful, but we've learned so much about the coronavirus throughout the year. I mean, did you go shopping in the last two weeks? Did you say how many people were out? I mean, back in March, it was like ghost town, right? Nobody was out. But we've learned how to, we've learned how to live. We've learned how to survive. We've, we've learned how to press through. Because of our fears, though, if we're not careful, it will paralyze and hold us back. Peter says this about believing in God and trusting God in the difficult times. Peter, 1 Peter 4, 12, dear friends, don't be shocked in what? 
surprise when you suffer through, you're going to suffer through, you're going to go through, you're suffering through painful tests and trials as if something strange is happening to you. I mean, he's saying, don't be surprised by it. Things are going to happen. Hurricanes are going to blow through. There's going to be heat waves. There's going uh, to be so many things that we're going to face. And I've got to learn, you and I've got to learn how to trust God in these difficult things, these difficult times. Because if we don't, we're going to be paralyzed. Fear makes us feel helpless and hopeless. And where do we go? So one of the things that I've learned and I keep learning and I keep having to push through is, God, I want to trust you when I'm anxious. I want to trust you when I'm worried. I want to trust you when it doesn't make sense. I want to trust you when it feels like everything is falling apart. And God, I am determined. I'm determined. I'm determined that I'm going to refuse to be discouraged. I'm going to build up. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to trust you because, God, I believe you got something on the other side of this difficulty difficult situation. I mean, I love the way Paul says it in Philippians. Now remind, I want to remind you, Paul's writing to the Philippian church. The Philippian church, I'd be like him writing to the church of CLC or the church of America or, or even broader, the, the big C, right? And, and the church of the Philip, uh, in Philippians here, uh, I was going to say the Philippines, right? The, the, the church of the Philippines, yeah. for those of you that are watching me from the Philippines, to the church here in Philippi, to the Philippian church, they were, they were going through extreme, severe persecution. I mean, it was very, very difficult what they were walking through. Not only that, there was disunity in the church. There was gossiping going on. There was carnality that had come into the church. Now, sometimes, every now and then, as a pastor, I've just got to look back because, I mean, I deal with disunity in the church. I deal with carnality in the church. Sometimes we're dealing with false teaching. That's what they were dealing with. False beliefs. Why do we deal with that? Is we live in a world and the values of this world get embraced as though there are values in the kingdom. And as pastors, we've got to keep leading you back to the truth, back to the truth. It may not feel right, but it doesn't mean it's not the truth. Get back to the truth. We live in a world that makes us feel like we're a part of it. And when we hear the truth, we want to reject it because we feel, but that's the problem is our feelings can deceive us, right? And uh, and I I can feel like this is right. I can feel like this is what it should be, that this is home. But as a pastor, we keep bringing you back. We keep bringing you back to what is the truth. And this is what Paul said to the church of Philippi. That was walking through this, the struggle, this persecution, all that was going on. He says, don't fret or worry. No, instead do what? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, do what? Pray. Pray, trust, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. So what am I saying is I've got to refuse to be discouraged. I've got to determine I'm going to trust you. Now, learning to trust him and how I trust him is the journey for each and every one of us. I can say it. It can be good preaching. It can be something we know. But in the middle of storms, in the middle of discouragement, in the middle of pain and things that are fearful, I've got to learn how to trust him. Amen, amen, amen. 
Let God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Amen. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You know, as I was looking back at the sermons this year, over and over, we, we just kept trying to encourage you back to say, in these discouraging times, in these trials, in these things that may make us feel fearful, that the unknown is happening before us, remain faithful. Let God's word remain in your heart. Let God settle your soul, your emotions. Know, 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 know what you believe. Know why you believe it. Keep an eye on eternity. Don't look at the storms around you because there are promises that he wants to release and you've got to hold on to it. So if I'm going to go beyond, I got to trust God in the difficult times, but I got to also trust him in my pain, in my grief, in my sorrow, when I'm emotionally exhausted and tired. Now, I don't know about you, but there were some times in 2020, I was just emotionally exhausted. Anybody else? I mean, I was ripped. I was exhausted. My emotions were everywhere. In fact, the majority of the people I've talked to, what were some of the things that you were dealing with in 2020? Uh, And they would say, "I, I was feeling lonely. I was feeling like I didn't belong. I was feeling separated and isolated. And I know that I was separated physically, but it started making me feel emotionally separated. I was questioning everything I thought and everything I knew. I was questioning, I think I already said it, do I belong? The number of people that were making job changes in 2020 and are still contemplating job changes. Don't raise your hand, but probably all of us were wondering, man, is there anything else? Is there something else? Is there somewhere else? Is there something? I mean, I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to go to wherever. We're already at the ocean, so you're not saying that. Other people are saying they're going to come to the ocean. I'm going to the mountains. I'm getting away. I'm escaping, right? I'm getting off the grid. I mean, all these emotions that we were just going going through and in our pain, in our grief, in our sorrow, we've got to learn to trust the Lord. Look what the psalmist said. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those whose spirits have been crushed. Now, honestly, in 2020, there's been many times that all of us have had to say, God, I'm brokenhearted. Man, as I walk through the brokenness of our nation, as I walk through the brokenness of what I see, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, my heart is breaking. I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally wore. My soul, my will, my emotions, my, my feelings, they're raw. And in that, oh God, I've got to trust you. And I've got to keep my eyes on you. Because you tell me, God, when I do, that you will lift me. You will come and restore me. You're close to the brokenhearted. And God, I've been brokenhearted, and you will save those who have been crushed. So God, right now, I'm just saying, God, I I need you. And if I'm going to go beyond, I've got to learn to go beyond the pain, go beyond the grief, go beyond the sorrow. You see, God's not, God's not 
He's not aloft and and he's not disconnected to the emotions that you and I are feeling in your pain, in your sorrow, in our grief. God isn't a million miles away, unconcerned and, and uninvolved. The scripture says he is there. Say it with me, he is there. He is with me, he is sympathetic, he's grieving with me, he is right there with me. For some of you, for many of us maybe, for all of us maybe, maybe you should write down this next verse and put it, put it somewhere where you'll see it every single day because I believe God wants you and I to know that we can trust him in our pain, in our sorrow, and in our grief. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah, look at Isaiah 42, uh, 43 and verse two. He says, when, when, not if, but when, when you go through deep waters and great trouble. I don't know about you, but man, for me, there's been many times this year where I've gone through deep waters and it's been, it's been just a season of, of just relentless, like crashing of waves of trouble and, 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 and the weight of the moment. He says, when you go through that, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of what? Oppression. You will not be burned up by the flames. You, the flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. I mean, it reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was the first sermon I ever preached as a young boy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm in the fire, but I'm not being burned up. I am not being consumed. God says to you and I, I've got this. He's got it. He's got your pain. He's got what you're walking through, the sorrows. He's saying, I will be with you. Just give the Lord a praise wherever you're at for a moment. I mean, I've got to remind myself and you've got to remind yourself that my pain, my sorrow, my grief doesn't have the last word. God gets the last word in my life. So God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep my eye on you. In my emotional exhaustion, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to keep my eye on you because my grief doesn't have the last word. Turn to a neighbor and just somebody with you right now and say, God's got the last word. He's getting the last word. I know, I know, I know the, the hurt can be deep. I know the pain and, 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 and that which you're going through might feel unbearable and it feels like your heart is failing. But I'm telling you, God is close. He says, I will be with you if you'll trust in me. Come under my refuge and I will be with you. First Peter, before I go to the next one, look here. First Peter chapter five. Verse 10, same book, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, Message Bible. The suffering, the pain, the grief, the sorrow, it won't last forever. It won't be long. Amen, amen. It won't be long before the generous God, this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, yes they are, he will have you put together and on your feet again. Why? Because he gets the last word. Yes, he does. 
He will strengthen you. Yes, he will. He is your foundation. Yes, he is. I mean, tell somebody, God gets the last word. He gets the last word in your life. That's what I know. And I've just got to come up underneath the, the shelter of the Almighty. And if I, can, if I can bear up underneath whatever weight, I can see when I'm trusting that God will come under and he'll lift it. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll help me lift up under the weight if I will persevere. And in those moments, man, God is just encouraging you and I. Don't lose hope. Don't lose focus. Don't, uh, uh, don't forget that I'm still moving in the midst of this, in this moment. Can I hear an amen? The third thing that I heard as I was going through the sermons this year of, of going beyond and seeing in the themes over and over again is that if we're gonna go beyond, we've gotta trust him, not only in the difficulties, not only in the pain, but we gotta trust God when he is silent. I don't know about you, but there's been so many moments this year where it feels like God has been silent. Oh, I know his word, and I'm rooted in the word, and I drive back to the word, and you see, one of the things for me of overcoming in my pain and, and, and in my difficulties is just to keep praising him and just keep lifting up his name and, and giving him joy and, 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 and getting into the word because as I praise him and, I, and I, I let joy rise from my heart and who God is, that he is my go beyond, that he is with me and that he will undergird me in that, something happens in me. But yet, in the midst of it, there were so many times where it still felt like God was silent. And in that time, that's when it's hardest to trust him, right? When God is silent. I mean, I heard all kinds of prophetic people, and it was, it was actually kind of um, interesting to me that, uh, that there were so many prophetic words that were being given, but it was almost like that every day, you know, they had a different word that they were given. It was like a new word. I was like, I can't keep up with the last word, you know? And, there, and there's a new word, and, 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 and it's just like, God, I'm trying to hear you, and yet it seems like you're silent. Pastor Christian, earlier in the service, maybe uh, you were with us at that point when he was reading about the story of Job and everything that happened to Job. Well, another scripture in the book of Job is found in Job 34, verse 29, where it says this, Job, if he remains silent, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, who can see him? Yet he is over man and nation alike. See, when God is silent, there's something about who you really are that really drives us to this place where we say, God, I'm going to trust you. Now that's hard because we, we're, 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 we're wanting a fresh word. We're wanting a fresh revelation, of, a fresh prophetic word. But if we're not careful, we can rush what God is doing and we can miss then, and we can actually abort then what God is desiring if we're not patient. Now in this, it's the hard part because you're trying to hear God and, and you're trying to learn how to trust him. But if we're not careful, 
So over and over this year, I didn't realize how many times we taught you many different times this year, how do you hear God? How do you hear the voice of God? How do you know it's God speaking to you? Because if you're not careful, we'll rush off, kind of like Saul in the Old Testament, where he was wanting God, he was, it was, he was preparing for a battle, and he was wanting to hear from God, and when he asked God what God wanted him to do, and, and when he went to get instructions, God didn't give Saul an answer. So Saul gets impatient, and in his impatience, he turns, he turns to a witch for some advice. And when he gets that advice, it causes him to go out into battle, and he loses this battle. He loses his reputation. He loses his life. Saul didn't wait to hear from God, and it stops me when I say, God, I don't want to be impatient because I can always be wanting to go and go and go and change and move. And when things are unchangeable, I can't change it. And when it's uncontrollable, I can't control it. And when things are happening that are out of my control, I can find myself getting impatient and I can miss you. You see, God, when you're silent, I learned a long time ago and I've got to continue just to remind myself that when you're silent, it doesn't mean the plans have changed. When you're silent, it doesn't mean that now I've got to get impatient and try to make something happen. I've got to keep walking in what you told me before, and I've got to keep doing what you spoke before until you speak again. I've got to be faithful to that which I know that you have said. If you haven't told me to change my job, that just because I'm uneasy with what's going on, just because there's a lot happening and emotionally it's not going the way I like it or, or something's happened in the workplace that, that just doesn't set right with me, I'm gonna change it. No, no, no. What has God said and what is God going to do? I might be in an in-between place that I say, God, I've gotta hear from you. You see, in this time of God being silent, I've got to learn to trust him. Trust that when he's silent, he's still in control. That God's plans are still in operation. And God, I've got to see it. I've got to rest in it. I've got to have confidence in it. It doesn't lessen your power when you're silent. I mean, as Job said, if he remains silent, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, who can see him? Yet he is over man and nation alike. So God, I'm putting my faith and my confidence in you. As I drive back to your word, as I drive back to your purpose, as I drive back to the shape of who I am and how you've made me and created me, God, in those moments of silence, don't let my emotions overtake your purposes because my emotions will hijack me and my emotions will shipwreck me and my emotions will abandon me. If I'm not careful, I will miss what your plan is because I think I know what's best. If I'm driven for happiness, if I'm driven for success, if I'm driven by comfort, if I'm not careful in those moments when God is silent, I will miss the purposes of God because in his silence, God is still working. But the problem is if I don't have trust 
in God's confidence, if I don't know that God is all powerful, if I don't recognize that he is omniscient, all knowing, and that God is omnipresent, that he's over everything in the silence, I'll get insecure in the silence. I'll get impatient and I will get frustrated. And in that moment of silence, I will miss what God wants to do. So for me, and in 2020, this has happened for me. For me, what happens is in God's silence, I realize that there are some things that God might be doing. First of all, it might be a time where God is testing me. Might be a time where God, the master, is working on me. You know, in a test, the teacher's only silent, right? In a test, the teacher is allowing some things to happen. A.J. A.W. Tozer said, God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. And in the silence, God is testing me. He's testing me. He's testing my faithfulness. He's, taste, he's testing, do I really trust him? He's testing, do I really put what I say is true and priority in my life? Do I really put it to action in the moment of the test? I don't know about for you, but for many in 2020, it's been a season of silence. You know what God has also showed me is in the moments of silence, in those seasons of silence, what God is doing is he's building godly character within me. You see, it's in the silence that my character is shaped, it's formed, it's fashioned. It's in the fire that my character becomes stronger. It's in the fire that I really become what God wants me to be. Not on the mountain, it's down in the valley. It's down in those moments of trial and difficulty and conflict when God is refining and working and doing a work in me. We've said many, many, many times that God is more interested in my character than he is my comfort. He's more interested in shaping you, in molding you, than he is your convenience. He wants you to be a vessel of honor and he's working on you and me and he's doing something within us. See, God's greatest desire is not to make life more comfortable for you. Oh, that's the American mentality. But God's greatest desire is to build your character into the likeness of his son. And sometimes to do it, he's got to remove that which is comfortable so that you and I can be in a place where we realize what he is doing and where he is working and what he wants to do within me. See, he's more interested in our holiness than our happiness. He's more interested in that which is going to last than that which is temporal. And therefore, in the seasons of silence, there is so much that God is doing. Oh, it's humbling, that's right. It's stretching, that's for sure. It's something I wanna get out of as fast as I can. But in that moment, God is doing something deep within you and me. Going beyond is going to require, it's going to require you and I to understand what God is doing in those seasons of silence. Another thought that I give to you, just two more, hang with me for a moment, is to go beyond. Going beyond requires trust for God's wisdom. That God, you would give me your perspective in my circumstance. Wisdom that leads me, wisdom that guides me, wisdom that, Lord, you're going to provide and you're going to protect. That, God, I will hear 
from you. I don't know about you, but for many, 2020 has been a year where we're saying, God, we want to hear you. God, we want to hear the whisper. Oh, we hear the shout. But God, we want to sense the gentle nudge. Lord, we want our eyes to be open and our hearts to be receptive. We want to be in a place, oh God, that we see your perspective for our circumstance. A very popular scripture is found in Proverbs 3 and verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember, your heart is your emotions, your will. It's the, it's the seat of who you are, your mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Lord, I need to have wisdom from above. The good thing is he promises in James that if we ask, he'll give it to us. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will greatly tell you. For he is always ready to give a bountiful, bountiful supply of what wisdom to all who ask, he will not resent when you ask. And lastly, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. The last thing that I know that requires trust in my life is to, re to, to remember and to keep my eyes and to be reminded and to trust that God has my future in his hands. It goes back to the first point of discouragement and fear, but it's God, you know the future for my life. Not just the future of the universe, but God, you see, you know, it's so much bigger. It's bigger than anything that I could imagine. What your plan is in your picture of who you want me to be and God, the work that you want to do through my life, God, it's for your purpose and I've got to be reminded that God, that's not been lost. You might be isolated. You might feel like you're separated, but God is saying, I've got your future in my hands. What activates it in my life and in your life is when we surrender to God and we let our yes be a yes to his plan, that God, you have a yes in my life. Whatever it is you want to do, my answer is yes. Now, a warning for you and I is that once again, that in those seasons of silence, not to forget that God has a plan in the future. In fact, in Habakkuk, the last scripture I'll read says, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, God's plan, God's purpose, God's vision, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. God knows what he's doing. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? 
you can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.